welcome to this episode of the Security Clearance Careers Podcast, ClearCast, your source for security clearance, intelligence community, espionage, national security, and defense contracting updates in our exclusive interviews with intelligence community and government leaders. Hello and welcome. I'm Phoebe Wells with Clearance Jobs. Thanks for joining us today. We're speaking with Mark Manager and John Percentis with Astrum U and retired U.S. Marine Corps Colonel Chris Starling with NPower Skillbridge. Astrum U provides a North Star approach to career mapping and helps both workforces and individual candidates build up their cyber talent. And NPower Skillbridge provides transitioning military members with tech training and credentialing during their last 180 days of service. Currently, there are over 600,000 cyber jobs vacant in the U.S. today. To keep up with emerging technologies and global threats, the U.S. needs a unified cyber workforce. So in honor of Cybersecurity Career Week, these experts are here to demystify the industry. And by the end of this episode, we hope anyone interested in a career in this crucial field will be left more inspired and informed. So, 600,000 vacant cyber jobs. We know that empty jobs put a strain on employers and the economy. But Chris, you recently testified before the Congressional Homeland Security Subcommittee on this topic. So as a retired colonel, why is having over a half million cyber positions vacant a major red flag from a national security standpoint? Thanks for having me on this distinguished panel today. Really a pleasure to be here uh, with John and Mark and you. Yeah, 600,000 vacant cyber jobs, that is a red flag from a national security standpoint. We don't have enough cybersecurity trained people to protect our nation's critical infrastructure or our federal networks from cyber threats. So add to that the transnational and stateless actors that represent criminal organizations, and there's some vulnerabilities there. During my congressional testimony, the chairman, uh, Congressman Garabino, said that, you know, we, we need not only enough people, but also the right people with the right skills and the right jobs to meet the growing cyber threat. And the FBI director testified before Congress also back in April and said that if all of the FBI cyber agents and analysts, including their intelligence analysts, focus on solely the China threat, China would still outnumber us by 50 to 1 in terms of uh, cyber analysts hackers, et cetera. So we're greatly outnumbered. Uh, the other thing I learned in my testimony was that you know for every 100 cyber jobs that are out there, we can only fill 69 of them. So we're missing about a third of our force on what we can call the digital terrain or the digital battlefield. The world is rapidly changing. And so cyber certifications and cyber training needs to keep up with what's going on. So that's why it's not just a threat to us personally to keep our personal data safe, but also a national security threat. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, the fact that these conversations are happening and that subcommittee that you testified before, these are conversations that should have started maybe quite a long time ago, but at least they're here now. And you specifically, NPower Skillbridge does so much good for creating this robust workforce. Can you touch a little bit about that, what it means to be able to help transitioning military members, not only help themselves, but then continue to serve the country on the digital battlefield? Sure. Yeah. And 
you know, it's not enough just to say, okay, we need to start from zero and build up this force. We need to actually reskill existing workers if we're going to close the gap. And one way is to recruit those people who are leaving the military. So no matter uh, what their military occupational specialty was, you know, the U.S. military is increasingly connected to technology. You know, I was an infantryman, so we had things like Blue Force Tracker, mortar ballistic computers, frequency hopping radios. Everybody needs to know a little bit about technology, uh, no matter where you're serving. And at NPower, uh, we train veterans and veteran spouses in our tech fundamentals and also our cyber and cloud advanced courses. But I'd like to highlight our SkillBridge program, which just stood up this year. So NPower SkillBridge is a Department of Defense approved partner, and I'm able to go and recruit active duty military personnel on their bases, uh, those that are within their last six months of active duty service. So while they're in uniform, while they're still getting a paycheck from the Department of Defense, their appointed place of duty is my classroom where I'm training them in Security Plus and Linux Plus, just kind of the basics of cybersecurity. Uh, they get those industry-recognized certifications in hand, and then I have a placement team that goes out and looks for employers that will take them on board. And those military personnel, they have a lot of leadership experience. They have a great work ethic. And the other cool thing is 99% uh, of the people I train have a security clearance, either secret or top secret. So that gets really attractive, especially for uh, the U.S. government or for defense contractors or Department of Energy or other organizations where you need a security clearance. To already have vetted people that you know will support the mission and really make an impact, that is essential. And John, you know, along with your role at Astrum U, you are the communications co-chair for the NICE Cybersecurity Career Ambassador Program. So tell me a little bit more about Astrum U and the program and how people can get involved, because obviously transitioning military members are super important to building this workforce. But as Chris stated, there's a wide gap that needs to be filled. So we kind of need everyone. So if you could touch a little bit on that, that would be great. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just a pleasure to be here uh, with Colonel Starling and yourself and Mark. Astrum, you we're kind of on a mission to quantify really the return on educational investment for learners, education providers, and employers. Very focused on breaking down the skills of individuals based upon verified data to kind of understand how they can quantify and optimize investments in upskilling, last mile training, uh, really for alternative diverse supply sources to optimizing advancement and matching of careers at an individual micro level versus a lot of the macro trends view tools that we see, uh, such as CyberSeq. I'm very excited because a large part of our mission uh, in terms of leveling the playing field is we've actually been able to take a joint service transcript and then from that in a few clicks distill for a veteran or an active duty military enlisted the hard skills, soft skills, those learning, those learning experiences, um, everything from MOS skills translation to really doing the skill gap analysis to say, hey, you, you've got the skills that you might want to think about or consider this last mile training. And what would be that what would be that impact financially to you and your family? And we're now kind of looking at not only do supporting and partnering with NPower, but we're also looking at the mill spouse sector. A large part of military families and that stability piece is important to us in terms of building awareness within the field of cybersecurity careers. Um, you know, as Colonel Starling shared, there are over 600,000 entry level cyber jobs today. So we need to reach farther left of the pool 
And what, what we found is just as just as the Office of Personnel Management is really starting to look at skill-based hiring, the the opportunity for programs like NICE, and if you haven't, if you have the opportunity, definitely go to NIST.gov and just type in Cybersecurity Career Ambassador Program. We're looking to really kind of inform and engage the public around the demand, the opportunities, and multiple career options that are available to join into the, the cybersecurity workforce and really to demystify those careers. Uh, ultimately, trying to kind of build a more diverse workforce, we find that there are a lot of underserved communities, underrepresented groups where maybe getting that degree isn't, um, isn't affordable. Um, and so programs like Empower and others that can really provide these boot camps to streamline and accelerate uh, the learning process um, is what we're trying to do. And so we've created resources um, to really get involved. And whether it's for educators, for students, for cybersecurity professionals and industry representatives, what we're looking to accomplish there is to really to recognize the cybersecurity career ambassadors that include kind of elevating those efforts to grow and get more folks interested. What I find interesting, a recent study that was done on for students to really educate the market was that less than 21 to 28 percent of students aren't getting career related information in, in school, in high school. And so we need to kind of change that. That's really what the Cybersecurity Career Ambassador Program is all about in celebration of for Cybersecurity Careers Week. That's important. I mean, I think that is a staggering statistic. Getting in at that age, I think, is a very important time to reach people because that's when you're able to learn. Obviously, it's not impossible, but it is easier to grasp new concepts when you're at that age. But it's not impossible to make a career change when you see that the world is evolving and technology is just ever rapidly changing. So if anyone is out there looking to make a career change, they're seeing that maybe the role they're in is outdated and could potentially even be replaced by technology. Mark, you are the Principal Information Security Officer at AstroMU. So what what insight could you give to anyone maybe looking to make a career change for those entry-level candidates? Yeah, thanks, Phoebe. Yeah, I really appreciate being here on the panel. Uh, as far as uh, recommendations, what I would I would encourage people to do is, uh, if you're interested in getting into cybersecurity, you really need to understand the field. It's helpful to uh, have an idea of what career that you're interested in pursuing. You know, sort of like the um, Stephen Covey's Seven Habits, where one of the habits is begin with the end in mind. You know, you really need to have an idea of what you're trying to accomplish and what you want to do in cybersecurity. So for instance, if you want to be a penetration tester and you want to be an ethical hacker, then you know I encourage you to explore that, understand exactly what's required to be a penetration tester, look at the job listings that are out there, what are the hiring managers looking for as far as uh, a penetration tester, what types of skills, what types of certifications. So uh, you really have to understand the field well, I think. And so I actually have a course on LinkedIn Learning where if you're 
trying to get a feel for what's out there in cybersecurity. The course is cybersecurity careers and certifications. And so it, it breaks down the broad careers in cybersecurity so that people can understand what they want to pursue. If they want to be a cybersecurity manager, they want to be a security analyst. And then it talks about the certifications. Colonel uh, Starling mentioned the uh, Security Plus certification, which is a fantastic certification that people should consider if they're wanting to go into cybersecurity. So the more you understand what you want to do in cybersecurity, the more you can build that path to, to achieve that. I think that's a really great answer. And especially the starting with the end goal where you want to be and working your way back, I think that really can apply to anything in life. But specifically with this field, if you don't really know anything about the cybersecurity sphere, and I am still very much learning, people don't understand how many options they have to choose from. And that skills, like Chris stated, that everyone has some involvement with technology. Everyone has some aspect of their career path that they interacted with these different skills. With the right tools and resources and people, you're able to develop your skills and ability to then greater serve the mission. So I guess I'm going to work my way back through the panel and I'm going to start with you, Mark. What led you to this field? What made you say, this is the direction I want to go in? Yeah. Well, speaking of the military, I got my security background in the military. I was an officer in the Air Force for five years. So I was a communications and computer systems officer. So that's where I got my top secret clearance and military grade uh, security background. So that's really where it started. And when I got out into the civilian world, uh, I did a, a variety of IT and security roles. I served as a, a help desk manager. And then I also went into um, security as a security consultant, did penetration testing, security assessments, vulnerability scanning uh, for our clients, and uh, went into more of a security director, security um, leadership role, uh, which I've been doing for probably the last 10 years of my career. So I kind of fell into it. I, it wasn't something that I transitioned into, but if people are interested in transitioning into cybersecurity, then it's similar to what I was saying before as far as, far as understanding what you want to uh, do in cybersecurity. And I also have a LinkedIn learning course called uh, Transitioning to a Career in Cybersecurity, where I talk about assessing your current skills and understanding what skills you already have, just like you were saying. If you come from a technical background, you probably have a lot of the fundamental skills that you need in cybersecurity. And so the course breaks that down and it looks at, you know, what skills do you currently have? You do a little bit of a self-assessment and then you, you look at the gaps between what you have and where you want to be. And then that helps you build that training plan so that you know how to achieve that. Oh, that's great. And thank you for sharing the LinkedIn learning pieces. And John, so same question. What led you to AstroMuse Focus and specifically the cybersecurity? What led you to really just focus so much on that? Well, it's, it's interesting having worked in talent acquisition, talent management, HR tech for many years and working a lot with federal agencies as a contractor to support recruitment and advertising outreach. You know, I saw that many of these organizations, both on the enterprise side and 
even in the federal government, weren't able to really attract the talent they needed. You know, they'd spend 150000 on a website, another 150000 on a media plan, and another 50000 on creative development. At the end of the day, coming from an analytics or looking at media analytics and coming from that digital space kind of got me excited. And, and actually, it was with Evan Lesser and through DHI Group that back in, I think it was 2006, you know, we were hearing about this cyber tsunami. And so a large part of the the needs that were out there in the market, I think have even now become more pronounced. So, you know, with the administration now announcing 110 million in new workforce investments, 94 million in grants, they're going through building pathways to infrastructure programs, or I think it's really going to take more of a public-private partnership approach. And that's what I find really exciting about the cybersecurity field. You can come from any field really into cybersecurity roles. And so we need that diversity, both the diversity of thought, and we need a diverse workforce. My hope is that folks will take advantage of the Scholarship for Service program. Many of the efforts right now with the Office of Personnel Management are to create an easier experience for candidates to come into the field, but also just to get a sense of the jobs that are out there now. Entry-level candidates can go to tech.usajobs and they can apply to multiple positions. But I think the government also, government agencies also need to be thinking about how do we tap into these workforce development investments? and partner with employers to upskill, train, and maybe even do rotational assignments. So there's a lot of efforts right now to help build that awareness. I mean, awareness is key. I know that's a common phrase, but it's true. I mean, you can't fix a problem or work to fix a problem if you're not aware of said problem. So conversations like this are so important. And Colonel Starling, you shared your impressive, amazing background in the Marine Corps. But do you have like a determining moment that just made you understand and devote so much of your skill set to building this diverse cybersecurity workforce? What led you to that? Yeah, it's interesting. You know, it doesn't matter what rank you are when you leave the military. There's a little bit of anxiety that goes with that. Okay, I'm, I'm leaving all my best friends, my trusted agents, this network I've built up, and I'm going to jump into the civilian sector. And for me, I, at my previous job, I was poaching NPower students because they were, they were coming through a tech fundamentals program. And I was doing operations at Vets and Tech and filling classes. And these NPower, the veterans that had been through NPower were really well-versed in the basics. And let's face it, I mean, it's the basics is where you've got to start. And by the way, Mark's LinkedIn courses online, that's the first thing I send to anybody who applies for NPower SkillBridge is they get into LinkedIn learning. And I say, go through all of these. I've been through them. I can't advertise it anymore for you, but they, they oh, are oh, great because <laughs> uh, I've got pastry chefs. I've got truck drivers. I got paratroopers, uh, mostly the first termers getting out uh, that just want to do something different. And they get into a very intensive boot camp for the rest of their life. But uh, when I started at NPower, I was running NPower California. And the great thing I loved about it is half of my class were veterans and veteran spouses. And the other half were young kids from underserved community. Talking about San Jose, California, Oakland. We started NPower Los Angeles. Uh, actually during the pandemic. You know, it's enough to do a startup, but try doing one during the pandemic on Zoom. Uh, we were able to get that done. And the secret of that is building great teams. 
My NPower Skillbridge team is incredible. The NPower California team was incredible, just really dedicated people. And we took a whole of life approach. It's not just what you're learning in tech. It's what's going on in the home front. If you don't have a comfortable chair or desk to sit in, well, how do we fix that? If you're a single mom with two kids, how are you going to get through a curriculum? So at NPower, it's free training, but I also have social support managers that would go figure out what else is going on. How do we, how do we fix that? I've paid for childcare so that single moms could get through class and focus on doing their homework and being in class. We've paid for clothes for people that didn't have the proper interviewing clothes. Those are the kind of things that NPower uh, is able to do. And uh, it's not just, hey, here's some tech training, you're on your own. We have a job placement team at all of the NPower locations nationwide that uh, we do one-on-one counseling. We get your LinkedIn profile up and running. We make sure your resume is good. Resume is the hardest thing. Whether you're a young adult from a community and you have you really haven't held down a job for any point of time, or a person getting out of the military that, hey, I was a cannoneer with an artillery battery. What do I put? We work through all those things. And so what I really like about it, I, I loved the young adults and, and the veterans, and that's going on in all the NPower regions across the country. But I also love the advanced programs and with the active duty side, you know, being able to educate them and all the different jobs that are out there from, you know, security specialists. Uh, we talked about a pen tester. Everybody starts out wanting to be a penetration tester, ethical hacker, but there's so many more things, security engineer, there's a whole uh, forensic piece of cyber. So just getting them familiar with everything that's out there. And for me, it was taking the things that I learned in training and putting them to use in the cyber realm. The, the other thing I really like about this is I look at we're able to go on base and train active duty before they have this, hey, I'm unemployed or I got to take this job as a security guard in a parking lot because I don't know what else to do. And then they're stuck in a minimum wage job guarding a parking lot at the mall. That doesn't work. And I, I saw that at NPower in California. I was training veterans who had come onto hard times. Some were in homeless shelters, right? But they passed our class and they went into a living wage job. A young lady named Celeste was working night security guard at Kaiser Permanente Hospital minimum wage job. A year later, she's a robot tester. <laughs> she's making over 100K. She had the brain power, the capability, but she was a single mom. How's she supposed to get everything together? And with Empower, we're able to understand her situation, get her the proper training, introduce her to an employer. And the last thing I'll say is you can't just send somebody, hey, go on Indeed and find a cyber job. This is a personal experience. You need a little bit of help from somebody who knows somebody, a hiring manager, a recruiter, and says, hey, you know what? This guy, Jonathan, he did a great job over the last 16 weeks or the last 10 weeks in this class. He's about to graduate. You should give him an interview. And because we have those relationships, it's like, okay, you said that guy's good. I'm going to interview him. Or that young lady's good. I'm going to interview her. And that's how you get diversity into the workforce. It's, it's that connection. It's that personal connection and vouching for somebody that they can do it. That's fantastic. And this is such an important conversation because it's bringing together you three who know so much about the issues and have some really good ways on how to solve them. So I, I really hope that anyone listening to this really is getting something out of it and maybe can take an action, take a step to really improve their lives and also support a very critical mission for our national security. Um, somehow, we are already at almost the 30-minute mark, but I always have to ask if there's anything that I didn't ask or you know we didn't touch on that any of you would like to elaborate on or share, please feel free to do so. 
because you all are the experts and our listeners would love to hear it. So I'm going to just open that up to the floor. Anything you want to add, go right ahead. Hey, Phoebe, this is uh, Chris here. So, uh, you know, as you look at like security clearances, they are worth so much. When I left the Marine Corps four months later, my top secret SCI clearance was gone. It expired. And one of the cool things about the Skillbridge program is, you know, you've got an active security clearance, utilize it. Get into a Skillbridge program that lets you then go to a job where they'll renew your clearance. That's worth like twenty to $30,000 out on the civilian marketplace. The clearance is key. And the other thing is save your GI Bill. Get the certifications. You might not be able to go straight to college and use your GI Bill. You might have to work first because you got a family to feed. But you can always get into college later. And the combination of the certification process and your GI Bill later to get a computer science degree, we're starting to see that. I've got some students that have graduated that, hey, I'm going to get my degree in computer science and I'm going to go to school at night to do it because I've got to work and take care of a family. So there's different ways, different pathways to get there and find somebody that knows about those pathways and that can help you along. Yeah, this is Mark. I would... I would just emphasize, like Colonel Starling was saying, there's huge need for cybersecurity people and professionals. So if you have just a little bit of interest in doing this, definitely consider pursuing it. Great job security in security. So uh, I think it's a, it's a great career path, uh, and I encourage people to uh, go out and pursue it. Now, that's a great tip. And yes, John? I would just say for, for all of those cybersecurity professionals out there that may be listening, we want you to share your career pathway story on social media with NICE, uh, the National Initiative for Cybersecurity Education. And I, I can't thank Colonel uh, Chris and, and Mark enough for, for taking time for us today. And we're looking to really kind of visit young people in schools and other related places and institutions. And I, I certainly feel very compelled around the mission and the supporting our veterans, the team at Empower is doing it aligns beautifully to our goal in the market, but we want you to hopefully help advise or mentor others about the cybersecurity and related career options that are available. That's absolutely wonderful. And thank you so much for this conversation. I think collaboration is so important, especially with such a vital topic like cybersecurity. So again, thank you for the conversation. It's just incredibly important as we look to an increasingly more digital future. And thank you for listening to this episode of Cleared Cast. For more on building up the workforce of tomorrow and all the latest security and defense news, visit us at clearancejobs.com and all of the resources that that we talked about today will be in the description of this episode. Thank you so much again, guys. This was such a great panel.